What up, everybody? We're back. Oasis Podcast. <laughs> Off a week, but yep. we are yeah, yeah. we are back. We're here. Ready Let's to roll. Go. We are here. We are here. We are here. Name that movie. Horton Hears a Who. Oh. Let's go. Oh. Dr. Seuss people. Um, didn't he get canceled? There. Listen. <laughs> everything is getting canceled. <laughs> Did well, you not know everything. The Chris, uh, Office Christmas episode is getting canceled right now. Which what? One? Have you heard that? Yeah. Which no, one? I heard the that. Christmas party with where, where he goes up as Jesus? No, no, no. <laughs> no. People like that one. Because <laughs> he makes fun Benihana of religion. Benihana Christmas? Huh? Benihana Christmas? Yes. Mm, yeah. Yep. I believe that. She knows. Jane I was going to say, things. you got to clarify, there's like four Christmas episodes. I know, episodes. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> They're all really good. But that makes sense. <laughs> but, except for that one, obviously, please. I, I don't like that one if nobody else likes I would, that one. I, I mean, I might push back against. I don't know. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, It's a good conversation, anyway. I think. Yeah. Yeah. We could double back on our Cancel Culture <laughs> podcast, talk a little Part bit two. about the, the current last couple of days and some Oof. of the Cancel Culture talk around one certain musician. Should but, we just throw out everything we planned for this podcast we were, and just the, uh, go for not it? Not the athlete? No, not the athlete. There's a musician now? Little Nas, Nas man. It. Huh? Little Nas. Some oh, people yeah. are like, I Don't get be- me started. Okay, we're changing <laughs> yeah, our we're podcast. Gonna, no. <laughs> we're going to get way people, too off. <laughs> did you know he came out with a Jesus shoe before that? It wasn't like, him. Did, it was the, the company. company oh, did. Nike yeah. company? No, 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 no. It's called Mischief. Mischief? Yeah. Yeah. So they're independently wow. making these shoes apart from Nike. Yeah, Nike's suing them now. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But they didn't shoe them over the... Right, that's what I don't understand. Because nobody hated those. That's fair. Yeah. Well, you can't hate Jesus. Some people people hated hated More people hated... Why are we on this? Sorry, guys. This is important. We should talk about cultural things like this. We are. We haven't done that. Well, we we didn't give any opinions on it. Well, okay, we can, that's not the we don't have this to. podcast. No, I know. You're right. It's just interesting. We brought it up. I just don't want to leave it there, but we can. <laughs> We're clearly not in favor of Man. the things he I, did, but... Agreed. Yeah, There is this side that I'll, I'll say this Here caveat, that one of the reasons yeah. that he came out and said he did it is because as a homosexual in church, he always felt like he was hated, that he was condemned, mm-hmm. and that he felt uncomfortable. So in cr- the creation of the song, the shoes, and the music, music video, video, he wanted Christians and church people to feel the way that he said he's always felt his whole life. Okay. So mm-hmm. he's never felt like he could be himself or be comfortable in church. So then therefore why he wanted us as Christians to be able to experience what he thinks he has felt and being uncomfortable. And I, I mean, I can't, you I can't, can't say that's experience. wrong. Yeah. You, you know, can't argue with that. Right, I mean, and it breaks my you can heart. be upset that's, about it, but that's what he felt, you know, like that he, mm-hmm. he, he's so hurt and so damaged that he needs to go to this place where like he wants to swing all the way to the end of the pendulum and go as far to the extreme to show us that, that how bad some church people have hurt him. Yeah. And like, that's really, really sad, but the way he did it and the things he's doing are, whew. he's getting the attention that he yeah, wanted. They're bad, so. but yeah. So there's there's my opinion, but I mean I feel sorry for the guy. Mm-hmm. Praying for him, praying for the whole situation. So should we all? Yeah. Anything else to add? Amen. <laughs> cool. So that was not at all what we were going to do no. for the podcast. I don't even know how we got there. I got lost in that whole rabbit trail. But uh, we are doing the podcast of rest, and after coming off the tail end of that, I don't have a great segue. So what I will say is, how many hours of sleep do y'all need a night? Like, if you're going to say, I'm rested, what's the number? Mm. So, like, seven to nine is the ideal, obviously. For- I can function mm. off of less than seven, and most of the time I sleep more than nine. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a pretty big spectrum for me. <laughs> well, yeah, but I th- there's a difference between function and actual, like, rested. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so what to do you feel, feel like- rested would be seven to nine. Okay. Wow, that's a big, that is a big... That's a gap. Mm-hmm. I mean, you? that's the average for the the adult. I thought it was I'm six to eight. Adult. 
Seven to nine is for they the just changed it. 20 to 30 year Isn't olds. that what they say you need? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To feel rested. <clears throat> yeah, seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Last night I got seven and a half and I usually get eight and a half. And I can I could kind of feel it this morning. Yeah, I, I was going to address this with you. you. You seem like you're dragging a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I you know. I got even less than that. So. If I'm going to be completely honest, my wife and I finished an episode of The Crown last night. We don't so need to hear it back on A little oh, like a yeah. half hour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that just kind of happened. All of a sudden yeah. it was 1130 and I was like, what the heck? And we're old people, so we go to bed early. So I was like... <laughs> You crazy wife? What are we doing watching this TV show, keeping us up late? <laughs> a classic man blaming his Cra- wife for all his crazy problems. Crazy wife. <laughs> it, was, it was her. I was like, are you ready to go to bed? And she said, Listen, Allie, I'm, I'm defending you right now. I know it was Brennan's fault. It was not your fault. <laughs> if you're listening to this, if you need help, send out a signal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smoke screens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I can tell we haven't done a podcast in a while. I know. Yeah. We're all over the place. For me, yeah, I need eight. I think eight's like my benchmark. Any more than that, I can, and I say I get like eight and a half usually, but any more than nine, like, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling drowsy throughout the day. I don't know about you guys, but on Saturdays, my wife thinks it's crazy, but I'll set an alarm because I don't want to sleep more than nine hours. So you don't just get up naturally? Sometimes, but sometimes I just keep rolling, you know, just keep sleeping in it, but. I bet I haven't actually, I've had an alarm every day. I bet I haven't needed an alarm for 10 years. Wow. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Impressive. Well, I can easily sleep 12 kids. hours on a weekend. No joke. I <laughs> yeah. have before. Multiple I think, times. I, honestly, I think App could too. If we didn't have yeah. children, the children For sure. and everything. No, they're great. I love them. All right, Ben, get, get us into the actual <laughs> good go. stuff of the, the, the podcast. What's, why are we doing it and what, what's yeah. the importance of it? So, if you guys, a couple weeks ago, as Brennan said, we put out podcast work, the reality of just like how we were created to do work. Well, in that, there's a balance to all things and there's a balance of life. And if we look scripturally at a rhythm of life we are supposed to have, that rhythm is a one of work and rest. You look immediately into the garden or into the, into creation. God creates all things in the first six days. And on this sixth day, he creates humanity and humanity's first full day. So the seventh day was a day of rest for the fathers, which they also rested with him. Mm-hmm. So there's a priority one for it. So first and foremost in scripture, another one is we tend to lean toward not understanding that there is a biblical framework for rest and work Mm. and wanting to Mm -hmm. pursue and strive for a balance of that. And it looks different for everyone. That's what we're going to get into. But what we've done is that we're not no longer human. This is a classic phrase, which I really like. We're no longer human beings. We're human doings. Mm -hmm. And so we do, 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 do. We've gone too far to the spectrum of work. So what does it look like? No, to find that balance, a, a healthy balance of work and rest. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about rest and what we see scripturally and even spiritually and how Jesus addresses this. Um, John 15, incredible passage. One of my favorite passages of scripture is you see this balance and this rhythm of rest and work. And a lot of this of, of John 15, what it's addressing is the reality of spiritual rest and what that looks like. But also there's, because we're holistic beings, is there needs to be a balance and an understanding that we need physical, we need emotional, we need relational, and ultimately um, mm-hmm. spiritual rest as well. So it's important because, one, we see it early in Genesis, Jesus teaches about it, and then Jesus models it. Mm-hmm. We see how he goes away, right, yeah. with the Father yeah. in, in ways, and, and, and I'm not just... <clears throat> Because we don't want to talk about that a lot and how Jesus prayed. He went away with the Father, but he also had incredible balance of rest and work. So in Mark, Mark is a great gospel, like all of them. It's Brennan's favorite. (laughs) It is. It is top notch. But you see like, okay, before Jesus does a bunch of teaching in Mark 2, he is alone at the lake. 
So he rests and is alone, goes with the father. He rests physically as he's on the boat. But then immediately, so when he's in the <laughs> in the boat, he's resting. Disciples come, they're freaking out. There's a storm. Well, he does some work and does what? Says, storm, calm down, y'all. Yeah. And just so there's this. In <laughs> That's Mark, a direct transition, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In Mark 3, he goes and rests before the father, prays all night. Mark 3, 13, and then goes and calls the disciples. Like, relationally pushing into intentional relationships. Mark 4, 35, he, Jesus leads the crowds to get into a boat. And then immediately next... And Mark 5, he's teaching on the hillside. Mm-hmm. And so you just see this incredible, beautiful balance mm-hmm. of Jesus's life and his in work and rest. And so we want to address it. We think it's incredibly important. Mark 6, Jesus sends dis- his disciples ahead, dismisses a crowd, and goes up to a mountain to pray. He continually is finding this balance. And in that, he's modeling to the disciples what it looks like to make sure you're having a balance, mm-hmm. a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into the reality of there's different seasons and what that looks like and for us what that means. So, yeah. And before we even go any further, we, you've given us a ton of examples of how Jesus acted it out, but Jesus has a teaching on this too in John 15, and I know you wanted to get there, but might, yeah. as, might as well just dive in there right now. And, you want me to read it? Yeah, read right. it, and then just give us a little bit, a, a, a short Ben snippet on it. <laughs> it's not possible, Ben. <laughs> you've heard me say this a lot of times, so you need to fill in the gaps where I miss it. Yeah. So yeah, John 15, 1 through 8. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I really do love the scripture. He says, I'm the true vine, my father's the garden. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. He says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And he says, remain in me. Another version says, abide in me. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No, ba- no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And here, what he's saying is, you need to have this rhythm, beautiful rhythm of remaining, resting, abiding. And this idea of abiding and resting in Jesus is staying connected to him, which again, for the individual looks really different spiritually. Again, we'll talk about that. But then also as you remain, as you rest, think of it as as almost a pendulum on a semicircle, this pendulum of as I rest, as I'm connecting to Jesus, as I'm staying connected, there's a promise of bearing fruit, of work. And the bearing fruit could be the reality of spiritually. What does it look like for us to bear the spirit, uh, mm-hmm. fruit of the spirit, yeah. but also like, what does it look like for us to make disciples, to encourage people in their walk, but also in the physical side, as I rest physically, I'm able to then what? Go and do work. That's why the mm-hmm. first day of humanity for Adam and Eve was a day of rest mm-hmm. so that they could go be fruitful, multiply, <laughs> but also tend to the earth. Yeah. And so there's mm-hmm. just, it's just a really, really beautiful balance. And he's, he's encouraging this, pushing us to remain in him, rest in him, abide in him. Um, and because of that, you will bear fruit. You will be able to get stuff done. Yeah. And I, I just love that idea because one, it has a good vis- visual illustration, which just is the podcast. So you're listening to it, but picture <laughs> a pendulum where the way the ball swings back and forth. And that's what, and I, the crazy part is in John 15, most people would be like, this is not a rest work pack passage. Like they wouldn't probably instantly go there that this mm-hmm. is what Jesus is teaching about. He never uses the words rest yes, or work, mm-hmm. but yet it is something he's teaching of this normal, normal rhythm where the ball is swinging back and forth in life. And, and I, part of the, the awesomeness of it is you can recognize where you're at in that cycle. hundred yeah. percent. Like, are you swinging way to the left and you're, you're resting right now so that eventually Jesus can swing you back to the right so yep. you can mm-hmm. work hard and you can invest that energy you've just stored up? Or maybe you're f- so far to the right and you're working, you're feeling it, you're kind of dragging a little bit, things are getting hard, you're emotionally drained, and you need to swing back yep. left and you need to get rest, you yep. need to connect, you need to abide. Yep. So it's, mm-hmm. it's one prescriptive because it's describing the human experience, but it's also descriptive. It's telling you, hey, this is something you need to focus on and, and put some energy into yeah. you ha- yeah you have to be intentional this is what's awesome he continues to teach in that there's 
in the rhythm and balance of rest and work, there is a, he says, a growing and a pruning. So as I'm going on that pendulum, as, I, as I'm swinging back forward, as I go from rest, from remaining in Jesus to bearing fruit, there's aspect of growing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As the vine stays connected to, as the branch, branch stays connected to the vine, the grape grows. Mm-hmm. That's just real. Like there, I can't go pick up a, a twig that's been cut off from the root of the tree and bring it inside and expect there to be leaves or fruit, quote unquote, yeah. mm-hmm. onto that. It has to stay connected. But there's growing. But then also as we come back to this reality of needing to rest, of needing to remain, there's a pruning process. And if we don't get pruned in certain areas and aspects of our life, we will not be able to grow because as the vine, if you know the aspect and reality of a vine, as it grows more and is not pruned, it actually chokes out the ability of, mm-hmm. of the branch to bear more fruit. Yeah. And beautiful fruit. So there's, it's just a cool process of like, man, as I rest, I get pruned and there's things that I can get rid of in my life. But as I, as I pursue this, there's a promise of growth. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. Jesus yeah. is such a, such a beast, man. He's Jesus, living it Jesus and then he's teaching leaving. it and it, <laughs> he's got it all down. Like, come yeah. on, make me like you, Jesus. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <clears throat> but when we talk about rest, we have to recognize that people probably come to it with their own expectations of what we're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like one, we started talking about sleep and then we all start talking about Jesus and how we got to stay connected to him. Where does that all play out in the fact that like we're holistic beings? Like, what does that mm-hmm. mean? What, what does rest mean holistically for us? Yeah. I mean, we are holistic beings, so we have spiritual health, physical health, mental health, emotional health. All of those things play a part into who we are as people, but then also how healthy or unhealthy we are. And they are all aspects of our life that need attention and need specific areas of rest in. Yeah. And so beautifully connected. Yeah. Like if oh, I'm so physically connected. not rested, I will have issues relationally, emotionally, yeah. spiritually. Relationally, but yeah. No, and, and I'd like to throw That's that good. one in just because no, it it's and so I didn't think big about it. and so important. But there's, yeah, they're so interconnected. Like they're not, it's not these silos within our life. Mm-hmm. It's a puddle of beautifulness i don't know what i was trying to say but it just is so intermeshed and i don't know puddle is a tough metaphor. yeah sorry that puddle was, was bad i, I apologize was going. lord i apologize <laughs> and because because we're holistic beings right mm-hmm. like each one of these areas probably needs its own attention when it comes to yeah. rest so let's go there let's break it down yeah let's start with the most jesusy part we can get <laughs> when it comes to jesus we're, we're on a spiritual life where we're walking a spiritual walk, so we need spiritual rest. And what is that? What's that mean? How did he do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the pursuit of the reality of the disciplines we see in Scripture, of those classic churchy things that we continually talk about. Oh, you need to read your Bible. Oh, you need to pray. Oh, you should fast. What? What is that? Hey, yeah, first into it. Look it up. But even like the ones where we never talk about of, okay, what does silence look like? What does solitude like? This is the intentional pursuit of growing in intimacy with my Father. It is taking that rela- relational connection with God that Jesus has given us through his life, death, and resurrection and being intentional in that relationship. So it's, as we see Jesus, like I said, right? Going to the mountainside to pray. I mean, that was huge. Even when he was going, like, right before the biggest moment in his life, knowing he's going to die, he chose to surrender his life for us. He went and prayed in the garden. Mm-hmm. It's like, so it's those pursuit of intimacy with the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the, the an awesome starting block. Like, we would encourage everyone to get daily spiritual rest yeah. in, in multiple different ways, reading, praying. But also, there can, that can be a starting block in the sense that it can launch you into other types of spiritual rest, where it's communally, you know, Sunday oh, nights at Oasis, yep. Sunday mornings yeah. at church, where, hey, that's a restful period for you spiritually, or small groups, or, or service, or whatever you're doing, all of those can also lead into that. But if you're not getting the foundation right, if you're not getting that alone time, that, mm-hmm. that individual time with your father, the, the rest of it doesn't come naturally at all. Yeah. What's another one, Jaina? Yeah. Or like emotional, relational. Let's go there. Let's emotional, do that Emotional, relational. Yeah. Um, 
I love psychology, so I'm going to dive into that a little bit. <laughs> I, I do. And when you look at psychology from a biblical, or sp- biblical perspective, it's just amazing. But emotional intelligence is the ability to understand yourself, your feelings, your emotions, and steward them in healthy ways. And so to be emotionally healthy means that you recognize your feelings, your emotions, you understand your triggers, your weaknesses, and you work through those things to be healthy. And so emotional health is just keeping in check with how you feel. Mm. And that sounds so simple, but that place, <laughs> like as a culture, we are so bad at our emotional health. Like we don't address why we're angry about things or why we um, get irrationally, you know, um, upset or sad, upset or, or, yeah. or sad or lo- I was trying to think of the words and they were just not coming. But, <laughs> but to be an emotionally healthy person is to, when I have a triggering emotion or an emotion that's strong to stop and to think about it and to address it and, and then, work to be improve if it's something negative. But even just celebrating when we're happy, when we're joyful and doing those in healthy ways too is important. So. Yeah, no, like we said, like if you're emotionally unhealthy, it will affect you. And most likely there's a spiritual side of it. Yeah. And yeah, again, we'll get to the physical aspect, mm-hmm. but that's, it's so good. I love what you said. Just yeah. the reality of emotional intelligence is like, do you know yourself? Mm-hmm. And in that, do you know how you were created, the gifts that God has given you? But within that strengths, weaknesses, so good. Yeah. Okay. So because it really does overlap. Sorry. So if that's emotional health, What's emotional rest? Yeah. Um, it depends on your personality. Okay. Yeah. Again, so going to yourself. So for me, a lot of times emotional rest for me is enough just to be sitting next to my wife. Hmm. I mean, really, there, there is a, an aspect in a moment where <clears throat> do I know the relationships in my life? And this is for me because we do kind of connect emotional rest. For, I do at least because I'm an extrovert. I like being around people. If I'm emotionally unhealthy, there's probably things in my life that I need to address. Mm-hmm. Also within that, like, and I didn't talk about this when we talked about gluttony on, on Sunday night a couple weeks ago. I didn't struggle with overeating and, and being overweight because I liked food a lot. I struggled with being overweight because I was in an emotionally unhealthy place and mm-hmm. depressed. Mm-hmm. And so what were the triggers that I could mm-hmm. see that I was doing in my life to actually point to, no, something emotionally is unhealthy here. I'm, I'm resting in a place of either believing lies, of, of wrestling with something that I'm not believing to be true about myself or about who God is. Mm. And so if I'm staying in that place, I'm becoming unhealthy. So emotional rest for me is, am I having the appropriate right conversations with people that will help encourage me? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's enough just to be like, and again, I think because they're so interconnected, I get holistic rest when I'm around people. Mm -hmm. But there's Mm -hmm. also like moments that we have in the loft together in certain conversations. Like for me, that's emotionally restful. Mm -hmm. But for my wife, in some instances, it wouldn't be. She's Mm -hmm. more of an introvert. Mm -hmm. For her, it's, Mm -hmm. what is it, for for her to recognize to get alone, to have moments where she is, I mean, sometimes she needs to call her best friend from college and just have a a conversation Mm -hmm. about life. Girl chat. Girl chat, man. It's great. (laughs) Ben, get out of the room. Gotta have a girl chat. (laughs) Yeah, and then I'll and I'll try and sneak back in. And she's like, "Ben, get out." Yeah. <laughs> and I think part of this goes really, really close in hand with probably the idea of relational rest, right? You, yeah. You've used some of these words, introvert, extrovert. So, what is that? What I mean, let's keep playing that idea of yeah. how do you relationally rest well? Yeah. Well, I mean, to talk a little bit about what it means to be an introvert versus an extrovert. And a lot of time we do not understand what these two words mean. It mm-hmm. is not, are you outgoing or are you shy? It's yeah, what gives you energy, yeah. what revitalizes you, where are you refilled? And so introverts tend to need time alone and they find that energy from being alone with themselves versus extroverts who find it from other people. Um, and then there are words, ambiverts, and there's two different types that sit kind of in the middle, which is where I am of like, 
for me, I need specific people who are life-giving to me to get energy, Hmm. but other people are incredibly draining versus sometimes being alone can be really good or it can be incredibly uh, draining. Mm -hmm. So it's relational connection plays a big role in that of having a balance of of those two things. And we all need both of them. To be completely isolated is awful, Mm -hmm. even if you are an introvert. To never take time to be with yourself and work on your own internal things as an extrovert is also incredibly unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And so finding rest in those two things means giving both of those the time and attention that they need. Uh, and that's the yeah. balance that we're talking about. Yeah. Of, of, so emotional rest is, do you know yourself and what you mm-hmm. need in that moment? Emotional work maybe is I need to press into a little bit. Yeah. Maybe what seems stressful, but it's going to be really, really great yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's super good. Last one that we'll, we'll hit for this, and I'm sure there's hundreds we're missing, but physical rest. What are examples of Jesus physically resting? What are examples of uh, your life? What's physical rest and what's that, what's that look like? And just kind of the importance of it in general. You can't function without sleep. Jesus took a nap on a boat. Would, some people would beg to differ. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not possible. Your in a brain storm. Will he took a nap on a boat in, in a, a storm. storm. So he must have really needed he to He needed rest. some physical rest. Yeah. That dude was catching hard. <laughs> he was <Dude>. tired. <laughs> catching hard disease. He was, bro. Jesus they was had, knocked. All he had was a pillow on this ship. <laughs> we like, don't even know that. I think it says he, he had a pillow, didn't he? he had a pillow. Maybe. I can't I don't remember. Know but I mean, the dude is just <laughs> cashed out. And they had to come. I can't imagine the shaking him. He's probably groggy as all get out waking up. I don't, have you ever been like deep in that nap? You're oh, like, oh man. You wake up, you don't know what day it is where yeah. you are. So I've been, I've been, I like to nap on the couch. That's what I've been doing in our apartment. This is a tangent story. But, but it's been hurting my neck. I wake up, oh, my yeah. neck's all kinked. I, I feel weird. So I started taking naps in our bed. And I don't know about you guys, but when I, when I take a nap in the bed, Oh, it yeah. is deep. Like you went to sleep. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then whenever my wife tries to wake me up from, it's just like I don't know what day it is. I don't know where, I, what planet I'm on. Like, I'm so lost from that. That's how they imagine Jesus. They wake him up on the boat. Storms going crazy, and he is just like, "Am I in heaven or am I on earth still?" You know. <laughs> and here's how awesome sleep is and necessary. Psalm one twenty seven two says, "In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat." But he grants sleep to those he loves. Hmm. Uh, just hmm. the importance of sleep Amen. and necessity of it for our life. And so what he's saying is like you are pursuing probably in some aspects says food to eat, provision, but also other things that you need fulfillment in or think you need fulfillment in. And so what you do is you stay up late watching Netflix because that you think that gives you emotional rest. Mm-hmm. When actually what it's doing is keeping you up, keeping you from getting the sleep necessary to be, actually do the things you need to do the next day. So there's and there's a reality the Bible does speak about condemning sleep during moments where you need to work Mm -hmm. and so it's again knowing yourself how do you balance um rest and work well but yeah cool so some examples are 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 probably better word is misconceptions Mm -hmm. that come from the idea of rest like what are those you threw one out netflix you want to play that idea out? dude i just i think yeah we've allowed emotional and even we haven't even talked about intellectual and mental yeah, and maybe that is connected to emotional a little bit. But we've allowed mul- mental numbness to mm-hmm. think that it's physical, spiritual, emotional yeah. rest. Ooh, yeah. And so, like, the binging of, like, oh, man, I just need some rest, so I'm going to binge Netflix for a couple hours right now. Mm-hmm. I, like, yeah, I need to get stuff done. I need to get work done. Or, like, I'm going to take my Sabbath on Sunday, so I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get my spiritual stuff in, and I'm going to just go watch Netflix and football the rest of the day. That's convicting for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Because I've done this, but I've, right? And so, it's not actually holistic rest to allow mm. our mind to become numb 
we've just conditioned ourselves to think that it's restful. Yeah. And it's unhealthy. And part of that is the misconception that your mind's numb. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might not be thinking on a deep level, but your mind's still working, processing oh, what you're watching. Oh, proce- everything. Oh, yeah. It's not mm-hmm. turned off, you know. It's not silence. It's not... There's, there's something still clicking up there. It's just mm-hmm. not good stuff most <laughs> of the time. What's another, like, misconception? You know, what, what's another one that people are like, oh, this is super restful for me, or I don't need that. And then they push back. And we talked about these a little bit. Uh, so, Jana mentioned this idea of needing to be alone if I'm an introvert, oh. or mm-hmm. not needing to be alone if I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. So, what does give me energy? And so, misconceptions of how do I balance those well knowing I need to push into some things because stress isn't always bad mm-hmm. and actually work, right? If, if they're, In order to grow, there's an aspect of stress that's involved in that and sometimes conflict and that's not a bad thing. We mm-hmm. think it's bad, but it's not like working hard is not a bad thing. Get off the couch. <laughs> like someone, someone, someone needs to hear that. Like yeah. you need to put in, some, put in some effort. But when it comes to the emotional, spiritual side of it, it's like, no, what are the disciplines I need to be pursuing? So misconceptions is, well, I'm just... <laughs> It is what I'm always going to be like that because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. So as an extrovert, I'm just, I can't be alone. Yeah. I can't ever be alone. Like I, my mind wanders. I have ADHD. It's like, <laughs> I have all the things. <laughs> you like combined dyslexia and ADHD. ADHDD. Yep, thank you. But, but it's like, I have all the things. So I can't, I can't ever be alone. No, that's not a reality for your life. That's not what actually Jesus is asking you to get into. So misconception is we almost take too far how mm-hmm. we were created and what we like and not allow Jesus to speak into those moments mm-hmm. and push us into what we actually need to pursue. And the last one I'd probably say is just this idea of some of y'all, you need a nap, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like people are, and we do this in the church all the time. We, we downplay the physical side of things, you know, where I'm tired or I feel groggy and there's all these other things we'll run to. And we just don't recognize that sometimes you just need more sleep. You mm-hmm. just need a nap on a Saturday or Sunday. You just need to chill for a bit. You, yeah. you can't keep going. Or the opposite, where it's like some of you, <laughs> you're oversleeping. The 10, 12, 11 hours, the an hour and a half long nap you're getting every day, the reason you can't go to bed till 3 a.m., it's like <laughs> you just need to go to bed earlier. You need to call out or, or like stop sleeping. I don't know. Like find the tension in it and recognize that you might believe people believing a lie about yourself in some of that. Last thing there are these four S's we're going to hit you with, and it's kind of where we want to leave the podcast, probably. Is these four S's are the four spiritual kind of key moments, I guess it would say, in life when it comes to rest. And they're four practical things we hope that you would do on an uh, probably it's like annual, it's like a cycle basis. So I'll have Ben start us with the first S. The first S is silence. <laughs> <laughs> So dumb. We were the worst. We before. If they didn't see it coming, you haven't listened to enough podcasts yet. That's fair. That's fair. No, so silence we and again, these are S's. Silence is the reality of what does the daily rhythm look like for you? Mm-hmm. And and man, I'm not gonna remember the name of the book, and I haven't read it, so I shouldn't even be saying this. Well, there's a a book by a gal. <laughs> Dang it, I, I know the name of the book is called Rhythms, but she argues that not everyone necessarily, and, and I don't know how I think about this, so this is just me talking. She argues that not everyone needs to pursue Scripture daily, to have mm-hmm. moments in their life where they're reading Scripture daily. I think I can make an argument the other way, but I also can see her argument. What ultimately, and again, I haven't read the book, so this is unfair. <clears throat> so there's this 
I think there's this that teaching that's going around in the church. Like, not everyone needs to read scripture every day. Hmm. I mean, I look at when I look at scripture when I read the Bible and, and I see scripture. Like, okay, what does it look like to actually meditate on scripture every day? Because as a command. Mm-hmm. Something we're actually supposed to do. Okay, well, that tells me that we probably should be reading scripture. More so for me, when we push into this idea and this first daily rhythm of silence, it's starting off with what's the one thing you can do with your relationship with Jesus that does bring you energy mm-hmm. that you would never not be able to do. So for me, there's there's a moment where that has become prayer and worship through music mm-hmm. specifically for my personality. My wife, it's journaling and nature. Mm-hmm. That's something every day, like if she did that every single day, there that's silence and restful moments spiritually for her and connecting with the father now again there are disciplines we need to pursue with all four of these i would argue reading scripture every day is actually a really positive and great thing but you also need to know where you're at spirit like if it's a mm-hmm. if it's a burden for you to have to try to read scripture every day what is in your soul and your heart and what is your expectation of reading scripture mm. like get back into that like go back and, and there's not a, a certain aspect or time limit or time frame on this, mm-hmm. but are you having those daily rhythms and moments of where you are pursuing intimacy with the Father? Because mm-hmm. that's so important. And mm-hmm. what does that look like? For me, it's really it ha- it has to be a dis- for, discipline for me to read Scripture. Mm-hmm. I'm not I don't not that I don't like to read. I'm not good at it. Like that's just a reality. So when I heard like, hey, you got to read Bible every day, like pursuing that immediately as I became a follower of Jesus was really tough. And so when I learned the discipline of prayer and actually that how that became restful and came naturally to me okay did that consistently every single day added different moments and aspects of what that looked like and then as i created the discipline in my life for reading scripture that's mm-hmm. become easier but it's still not as sometimes restful for me as praying mm-hmm. it's still good right words of the lord i mean you can't mm-hmm. you can't push back against that that's good stuff mm-hmm. yeah. so for me it was i think reevaluating my expectations of what i think that silence had to be like daily yeah and, and the next one would be sabbath right if we're, if we're rolling, because then it's solitude. I have yes. it written down oh, wrong, okay. but Sabbath. it's silence and then Sabbath. And Sabbath is this Old Testament practice that Jesus kind of hints at, talks about. I don't know. It's a little. It's a little gray in the New Testament, but still something I would. I would think based off of what I currently know, he would affirm. But Sabbath is the idea that daily, so one day each week. So, so silence is. A period of every day. Sabbath week. is a day of every week. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to find that rest consistently through the whole day? And we're going to do a sermon series here, kind of tagging in some of these different ideas to finish our, our year. So if you want even more greater depth on this, tune in in the next couple, in the next month or so, and you'll find more podcast or more sermons relating to these topics. But Sabbath is this one day set apart modeled after the, the creation story when God set the seventh day up as being restful and then continuing through the human history to today, how one day each week are we setting that day apart, consecrating it, letting it be holy, not serving the Sabbath day, but letting the Sabbath day fill and serve us and, and be fueled by that, where we're celebrating and rejoicing and connecting with God physically, emotionally, all of these things, one day each week. Then we've got solitude. Solitude, Yeah. So if you've got silence daily, Sabbath weekly, solitude can be monthly, or some people will do it quarterly, depending on just what your life needs and your schedule allows. But it's an extended um, period to just take time away from God. So some people will take a time weekend. Time away with God. Time away with God. What did I say? <laughs> away, away, away from, from God. God. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> uh, Kyle, we're going to need you to I'm come glad, in here yeah, and cut that. Yeah. Can you just re-edit that? I'll voice over <laughs> it later. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, good catch because I knew what I was trying to say, but my mouth did not say it. But oh, that you the take time. time away with God, um, and so that can be a weekend. It could be a whole week. I mean, whatever you uh, feel like you need. But um, again, just even more intentional time than the daily and the Sabbath um, to just be with God. Yeah, that's and really dive good. In. I like to look at it as where Sabbath is taking that day weekly of holistic rest. So that doesn't mm-hmm. mean I need to be reading scripture all day and praying yeah, all day yeah. and listening to Christian music all day. Although like that sounds amazing in some aspects, but something I like, okay, what does it look like for me today to set apart this day? I've, have I pursued intimacy with the father? Mm-hmm. Have I pursued physical rest? Has I, have I pursued relational rest? Yeah. So like, okay, am I getting holistic rest on the Sabbath? Solitude is that moment, whether it's monthly, whether it's quarterly, where I am actually intentionally pursuing a little deeper, a little more physical time, chronological time, with intimacy with the Father, where it's just mm-hmm. me and Him. And yeah. that could look, I mean, for some people, it is just a four-hour time frame. For other people, it's, a, it's like they go for a, a, every quarter a weekend mm-hmm. and just get away. Like, mm-hmm. I, it, it, you have to know yourself well and yeah. what do you have time for. Like, the schedule thing is real, the capacity mm-hmm. thing. It's but, probably the most ignored one, though. I would agree. Probably. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, uh, I, I maybe Sabbath, I find silence in every day, and the next one will do a sabbatical, and yes. like, I do that. But solitude is this extended period where maybe you legit, like, people will be like, yo, that's crazy. But you legit need to take a weekend by yourself and go and mm-hmm. and just rent a cabin or camp somewhere. I don't know what it is, but you got to get away for, uh, like, a couple of days. All right, bring us home. What's the last one? Yeah, yeah, this one's hard for me. More so just because, so the last S is, so we did we did silence, we did Sabbath, solitude, then sabbatical. And this is usually just, like, a churchy term made for pastors and leaders, but, like, there are rhythms within our annual year and seasons of our annual year where you see people taking vacation. Mm-hmm. It's like they're going away, hopefully, to get some rest. And in a sabbatical, what we've seen in the layperson and in the church is this idea of physical sometimes, but more so a desire to fulfill a need within myself to get away from the normal everyday life. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the healthiest necessarily. I also don't think that's bad. Okay. But what does a sabbatical look like for you? I should say for me. For me, every August, I will take either a full day or a full two days specifically to go and use that time to say, okay, God, what's next? Maybe I need to get some vision for my life. Maybe there's things and questions that I have that I need answers. And can I do this during the solitude monthly quarter thing? Yes. But a sabbat- sabbatical is like I'm taking an intentional time out of my life right now in this season to be able to pursue bigger picture things. For me, specifically. Is this a family vacation maybe for some? Yes. But okay, don't allow a family vacation to happen without you pursuing intentionally your relationship with Jesus. Because that's what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm going to go on vacation, get away from normal seasonal life, and I haven't actually intentionally spent any time with Jesus. This one, to me, is harder (laughs) like more so to define because i don't know Mm -hmm. in the church world for pastors it's a sabbatical you need to take like six weeks off every few years just to get away and work on you and the father your relationship with jesus um and but i think there's important moments and seasons of your life where you need to take a sabbatical from everyday life and get away and i again i can't fully define well what this looks like for people i know what it's worked for me no and in what we don't want you to do is make these more rules you yeah. feel like you need yeah. to accomplish in your life. What I what has been some of the best advice when it comes to these four S's, and there's other words people use, is what what's a joyful way for you That's to experience good. this? So yeah. like Ben was saying in, in silence, like for him he said worship music, which is like people are probably like, That's not silence. But it's that the concept of the daily 
practice. So what is joyful for you in that? What's joyful you on the Sabbath? I've heard an idea where it's make a calendar of 24 hours, write it down on an Excel sheet, a piece of paper, and fill that 24 hours with everything you'd love to see on your perfect day. Who are you hanging out with? What are mm. you doing? Are you reading books? What meals are you having? Like mm. what quiet time do you need? How much sleep are you getting? Yeah. Fill that 24-hour calendar and do that once a week. Have mm. your best day once a week. Make it a, an absolute party if you want, but make sure it's restful. There's times for God. There's times for rest. Um, mm-hmm. Sabbath or the solitude idea. What if it looked like for you to pick some friends and go and get a cabin once every couple months or once every six mm. months, twice a year, you got a cabin in Rapid City or you went tent and camped somewhere? Like that is a, that would be a blast. That would be such a fun time with friends or with mm. family. Like don't make it this legalistic, I got to go sit in a monastery and sit there. Some of us... <laughs> We need, need to go that. sit in the yeah. monastery. But some of us, you just need to go camping. You need to go hang out. You need to book a hotel room somewhere and and just hang out. Because legit, there's like some people don't want to camp. I don't want to camp most of the time. But <laughs> and last one, this is where I could where I could see sabbatical being incredibly fun. Is like if you've ever been to Mexico, which I know Ben has, or somewhere where it's like resorty or like just an opportunity to be away from a week. And where we'll trade this is we'll trade it for a vacation that's action-packed and we see mm-hmm. a lot of things and we do a lot of things and we come back and we need mm-hmm. one to two yeah. days to recover from our vacation. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's not sabbatical. Sabbatical mm-hmm. in this sense could be like, how do I go and I sit by the beach or I sit by the pool or I, um, I don't know in the winter. <laughs> you got to go somewhere warm probably is what I'm getting at to sabbatical. No, I'm just playing. But what does it look like for you to take a vacation once a, once a year or mm-hmm. once every two years if your schedule allows? And legit just go and chill out and, and do that for an entire week or yeah. two. And this is not yeah. the – we're not using sabbatical in the classic Webster definition, just so you guys know. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. using mm-hmm. it because it has an S. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's an extended leap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is an extended mm-hmm. break from, from everyday life. Yeah, I love that you made the distinction that it's not just vacation. Because sometimes yeah. when we take a vacation, we're like, I'm getting away from my normal life. Yep. And we leave Jesus at home. Mm-hmm. We pack our bags and we leave like, Jesus at home. It's like Jesus needs to go away. hundred <laughs> percent. And like, I, you don't so, think your Bible needs to right, be in your right. backpack. Yep. So, Amazon five bucks. You can get a little tiny Bible. So we go on there vacation go. with Abby's fam every summer. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's not restful physically. Mm-hmm. It is not even emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Because they we got a lot Who of little kids. Plays a big 100%. difference. No, too. I love yeah. them all to death. Mm-hmm. They're incredible people. Hopefully they don't listen to this. But yeah. I don't. No, please listen. They because they'll agree with me because we got way too many kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's, so it's not necessarily physical and emotional rest. Mm-hmm. But there are moments that I have incredible spiritual rest on that vacation. Mm-hmm. I just do, which is why I also need the August thing. So I know I can just know yeah. that's actually a break from life where I can get mm-hmm. the holistic rest. Yeah. But like so this summer. The week we're going on vacation is also our annual conference where I'm getting ordained. Mm. Like mm. for me, that's going to be a moment of incredible holistic fulfillment in a mm. way that like it's an affirmation from family and friends of, of me being in ministry for all of, and then from our our denomination, a affirmation of the path I've been on of how God's led me to get ordained. But also like to have my family there mm-hmm. to be during a week where a vacation I can invite my in-laws who have had an incredible, like that is for me relationally, emotionally, and spiritually going to be incredibly restful mm-hmm. and beneficial and fulfilling. And I just think this is so like, I'm, I'm going to pre, I'm going to intentionally pursue that week. Well, and like get ready yeah. for that week, knowing it's going to be an awesome week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm excited for that. There's going to be moments where it's not going to be physical. Because well, <laughs> my daughter's insane and I love her to death. <laughs> cool. Well, we missed last week, so we figured we'd give you an extra long one, something ex- extra to chew on. So right now, you need to take a nap, get with some friends, turn on a worship song, 
get a snack. I don't know what you need to do. Get some rest <laughs> right after this podcast, and we will love you, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.